0: Hi, Saints. Welcome to another episode of Learning Bible Truth with Dr. Kamala D., formerly known as Talking Bible Truth with Dr. Kamala D. I am your host, Dr. Kamala D., here to teach you Bible truth, help you grow in faith, and walk in God's amazing grace. Today's message is entitled, What Must I Do to Be Saved? This message is life changing because you have to make a decision regarding whether or not you want to be saved. And if so, learn the only true way you can obtain salvation. There is only one way, saints. So sit back, take notes, invite family and friends, and learn the only true way you can spend eternal life with God. Hi, saints. I appreciate you tuning in this evening. This message is going to change your life. What must I do to be saved, is the title of this message. To my sisters and brothers in Christ, this message is directed to the non-believers. However, you will find out today whether or not you are saved. If you love your family and friends, I suggest that you invite your non-believing family and friends to hear this message. This message deals with where your spirit and soul will go after it leaves your body. Whether you believe in God or not, he does exist. And your spirit is going to go to one or two places when it leaves your body. Heaven or hell. There is no middle ground. I also know that for over 2,000 years, religion says that there are many ways to get to God. I am here to teach you today that is not biblically true. It's not. The Bible speaks of only one God and one way to get to God. And that is why this message is so important. We are talking about your soul, saints. I don't play around with my soul and I will not play around with yours. My job is to tell you the truth and your job is to make a decision whether you are going to accept the truth or reject it. It is your choice. Now, with that said, let's go to our leading scripture. Go to Acts chapter 16. Now, for those of you who are listening for the first time, I typically read from the New King James Version, unless I indicate otherwise. And I will share with you today that I am going to deliver this entire message using the, the New King James Version. So for the sake of time, I'm going to read. You can pause the tape and then resume when you find the scripture. I am reading from Acts chapter 16, verses 27 through 32. And the keeper of the prison, awakening from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword, and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice, saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, that he is the keeper of the prison, ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas, and he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Now, the response from Paul and Silas is the same today as it was 2000 years ago and will never change. I need y'all to get this. It will never change. And their response is the answer to how every man, no matter who they are, can obtain salvation. Verse 31 says, so they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You and your household. Verse 32. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. Now, there is no getting around Jesus. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And if your family happens to hear and receives the Lord Jesus, they will be saved as well. So that's what they meant when they said, you and your household, once your family hears and receives, they will be saved as well. There is no other way you, your friends, or anyone else on this planet can be saved other than believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we have to stop playing around with this Bible this verse is clear. You can't misunderstand it. Now I want to make my commentary throughout this message be as brief as possible and allow the scriptures to speak for themselves. Okay. Now let's go to John chapter three verses one through three, and I'm going to commence the reading. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God for no one, no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see, meaning come to know or understand the kingdom of God. Now, I want to pull from this verse where Jesus said, unless one is born again. Now, what does it mean to be born again? And and how can one be born again? In John 3, 5, Jesus goes on to tell Nicodemus, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, all of this is associated with obtaining salvation, being born of the spirit and of water is referring to the word of God. So how can we be born again and how can we enter into the kingdom of God? Now let's go to Romans chapter 10 verses nine through 11. Romans 10 verses nine through 11. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whosoever believes on him, that him is Jesus, will not be put to shame. Now, this is how a person is born again and placed in the kingdom of God. Water baptism should follow, but not for salvation. Water baptism is symbolic of the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ the apostles were consistent with their answer when they talked to people about salvation all throughout their ministry, including at the beginning of the church age and unto their death. They never wavered. Neither will I, neither should you. Now, Paul said in first Corinthians 2, 2, that he determined not to know anything among the brethren except Christ and him crucified. You see, Salvation is all about Jesus and him being crucified for the sins of the whole world, not just for Christians, but for everyone looking for a savior. There is no other savior outside of Jesus. And I want to say this to you, you saints and you non-believers don't deny Christ because you dislike some Christians. Your soul is at stake here. Don't lose your soul over another human being salvation is about Jesus, not Christians or people. Okay. I want to confirm what I, what I said about people looking for a savior. They mean well, but they need to hear the gospel. They need to hear the truth and, and the truth is in Jesus. So I want you to go to Acts chapter 17, verses 22 through 27. Then Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus which is a prominent rock outcropping located northwest of Athens, um, Athens, Greece. And he said, men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are very religious. Now, the traditional King James Bible says, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. So superstitious or religious. Now, uh, verse 23. For as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing him, I proclaim to you. Verse 24, God who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands. Verse 25 nor is he worshiped with men's hands as though he needed anything since he gives to all life, breath and all things. Verse 26. And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwelling. Verse 27. So that they should seek the Lord, in the hope that they might grope, meaning feel, for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. Now, I want to make this clear right here. Uh, God and Jesus are not lost. So when, when Paul says so that they may, may, may grope for him and find him, meaning God is searching for the hearts of man, whoever has a heart for him, trust me, he will make sure he lead them to Christ. Now, what Paul was trying to do here was lead the people in Athens to the true and living God, which is only found in Jesus Christ. Okay, man has a need to worship something. And these people had made an image that they could see and was worshiping it as God with a little G. They mean, well, they had a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Now, I taught a series called A New Covenant with Better Promises. It was uh, done in five parts. And I suggest that you go to one of my podcasts and listen to all five messages. I tell you, it's powerful. And and in that series, I taught that every man comes into this world with a light, meaning a, a consciousness that there is something out there that is supreme and they feel the need to worship that supreme being. The problem is, they don't know how to get to this supreme being. They create a, a they create a religion that involves works that they feel will please this God that they know exists but they don't know him. And because Satan has convinced man to create all these different religions and denominations, People who are truly seeking God are confused and don't know which way to go. So Paul, the apostles and the disciples were on a mission to carry out the directive they received from the Lord Jesus Christ to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, Matthew 28 and 19 says, go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Bible doesn't say baptizing them in the name of religion, in the name of Buddha or Mohammed or Confucius. And some of the people in the Bible days were worshiping the goddess Diana or um, uh, any other idol god with a little G, by the way. People feel the need to follow and worship something. You need to take this salvation thing seriously, people. We all do. People are following every wind of doctrine, whatever sounds good to them. That's what they flow with. Now, I want you to go to second Timothy four and three, because I don't just throw things out there without being able to back it up through scripture. Second Timothy four and three, and it says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires. Because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables, meaning myths and fictions and tales. Now, this is Bible prophecy coming to pass. We are living in those times right now as I speak. This is why you see people following different denominations. You know, they join the cult that sounds and, and, and practicing what they don't mind hearing or doing. Now, this brings us back to what Paul was telling the religious folk in Athens. The God who created the heavens and the earth is found in Christ and in him alone. I was going to, you know, this next uh, statement that I was going to make, I was going to just quote it because this scripture is, is in my heart. But I want you to see it. Go to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4 and verses 12 and 13 says this. Nor is there salvation in any other. For there is no one, no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And that name is Jesus, saints. There is no other name by which we must be saved. We can't get around Jesus. There are some who will try and pervert the gospel of Christ and you need to be on, on the lookout for that perversion. Okay. Cause you're dealing with your salvation. Nobody else can't go to heaven for you. Uh-uh. You are dealing with your salvation. Thank you. Holy spirit. Now go to Galatians chapter one, verse six and seven, Galatians chapter one, verse six and seven. This is Paul talking to the saints at Galatia. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another. But there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. Yes, yes. There are people today who are perverting the gospel of Jesus today. Okay. They say, you know, he was just the prophet. Or was a slave to Allah. Let let me tell you something. Jesus doesn't know who Allah is, and he is no slave to anyone. Mm-mm. Nor did he own slave. I wanna I wanna add that as well. Now let me share this with you, cause I'm sure a lot of you don't know this. The Bible was written six hundred years before a man named Mohammed wrote what what we know as a book named the Quran. You cannot go. Into the Bible, take snippets of scripture from the Old and New Testament, read about Jesus, then change who the Bible says he is. You can't do that, which is what Mohammed did. The Bible contains the life of Jesus. Many religions have gone into the Bible and created a whole book with perverted information about Jesus. And they are treading on dangerous waters. I'm here to warn you about that. You are treading on dangerous waters because you can cause people to fall and people to follow a religion that don't lead them to God. We can't get around Jesus. And now look, we can't play around with the Holy Bible, which teaches us about God's salvation plan. Make no mistake about it. Jesus is Lord. He is Lord of Lords. He is King of Kings. He's the beginning and the end. Jesus is the one who spoke worlds into existence. The Bible says he was in the beginning with God. Okay. That's what that's in your Bible. Now, when God said, let us make man in our image, who do you think he was talking to? Just because you don't believe this doesn't mean you can change it. He said, let us make man in our image. He was, it was him and Jesus talking. This was at the beginning Now, when Jesus told the Jews before Abraham was, I am, Jesus was letting them know that he existed way before Abraham came to this earth. I want you to read John chapter eight, verses 48 through through 59. That's your lesson for the day. I want you to read about that. Jesus is who he says he is, not who we think he should be. He is the son of God. Who do you think was in the the burning fiery furnace protecting Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Huh? It was Jesus, the son of God. These three Hebrew boys were thrown into the burning fiery furnace because they refused to bow down and worship the then king Nebuchadnezzar's handmade idol gods. Oh, but God. Oh, yes. God protected those boys for standing firm And knowing the difference between fake gods and the true and living God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, whose name is Jehovah or Yahweh. Now, Yahweh is the Hebrew name for God. Okay. Now read about the three Hebrew boys in Daniel chapter 3, verses 16 through 28. It's a good learning lesson about the true and living God and how the king learned that they were serving the true and living God. Not because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said that they served the only true and living God. It's because the king found out that their God was real. Because only God can protect and deliver you from the burning, fiery furnace. The king had his servants throw these three boys into the burning, fiery furnace, which was turned up seven times its normal heat because they refused to bow down to his handmade gold images, Okay. And they looked into this this fiery furnace through the window and saw that there was a fourth person in there. And that was the son of God. That was Jesus protecting those boys. OK, and that's when the king said, oh, no, the God that these boys serve is truly the living God. Now, let's get back to our salvation plan. OK, go to First Timothy, chapter two, verse five. 1 Timothy, chapter two, verse five. And it says this, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Now, this is clear. You can't misunderstand this scripture. So why are you playing around with the Bible and playing around with religion? Jesus Christ is the only mediator, meaning go-between, moderator, or negotiator, or intercessor, or arbitrator for all men. And we can't change it. I don't care how much you try, but you will be on the losing end every time. The only way to get to God is through Jesus Christ. That's it. We can't change it, uh, people. Now let's go to our earth shattering last scripture. This is earth shattering and life life changing for those of you who will be hearing this for the first time. Go to John chapter 14 verses 4 through 6. I was going to read 1 through 6. You can read 1 through 6 when this message is over, but I'm going to begin at verse 4 through 6, okay? Now, this is Jesus explaining to his disciples that he was getting ready to leave them and go on to glory, and Thomas asked him to show them the way, which is to heaven, okay, where Christ was going. Uh, Now, let me start at verse 4. And where I go, you know. And the way you know this is Jesus talking. So Thomas says unto him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? And this is what Jesus said. Jesus answered, uh, Jesus answer to Thomas shuts down all religion. Okay? It and, 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 and just because the government says we have freedom of of religion. That's in the Constitution doesn't mean God accepts it. Okay, this is how the world functions. This is how our world functions. But God doesn't accept religion. Now, I want you to listen carefully. This is verse six of John chapter 14. Jesus response to Thomas when Thomas says, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way the way to god this is what jesus is talking about the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me now jesus didn't say he was one of the ways he said he is the way and tells everyone that no man comes unto the father meaning god except through him so why are people playing around with religion huh you either believe and receive jesus Or hear this and choose to reject him. I will say this to you. Rejecting Jesus is not worth taking the chance and going to hell. It's not worth it, saints. I'm sorry. So I say to you, what can you do to be saved? The answer is believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Share the truth with your family and they will be saved as well. Now, I want to recommend this wonderful book that I read entitled Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus by Nabil Qureshi. And it was on the New York Times bestsellers list. And unfortunately, my brother in Christ has gone on to be with the Lord. Now, Nabil was born and raised a devout Muslim. When tragedy struck his family, he could not find peace or rest in Islam. He couldn't. While he was in college in the United States, he met a Christian student he shared a dormitory with. Now, this person shared the truth about Jesus with, with Nabil. So Nabil started reading the Bible and came across Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. And his life was changed forever. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty-eight and 30, Come to me, all you who, are, who, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Verse 29, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Verse 30, For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Now, Nabil Qureshi, a devout Muslim, found the peace and rest that he was looking for in Christ. He lost his entire family that day, but he gained eternal life with God through Christ Jesus instead. Oh, yes. Praise God. Praise God for that. When I read his book, I cried. Oh, I cried. This man was born a devout Muslim from infant, okay, Until uh, up until he became an adult male and he found Jesus. Oh, yes, he did. This is why we need to preach the gospel to every creature. This is why my ministry is based on teaching the truth and winning souls. Now, I want you to stand by for an invitation, then my closing remarks. To anyone listening under the sound of my voice, if you haven't accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, now is the time because tomorrow is not promised to you. You can't wait until the end of your life and find out that you cannot be prayed into heaven. Those whose names are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life will be cast into the lake of fire. The good news is you don't have to go to hell you can secure your salvation today in Jesus Christ by saying this simple prayer. Heavenly Father, I am a sinner. Your word says that if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead, I shall be saved. So Father, I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and I believe sincerely in my heart that you raised him from the dead. Therefore, I am saved. Yes, my friend. If you say that simple prayer, you have just been saved by grace. Welcome to the body of Christ. You are now a saint, Christian, and a believer. I suggest that you join a faith-based teaching church so you can continue to grow in faith. Also, continue to follow and listen to Learning Bible Truth with Dr. Kamala D. Now that you are saved by grace, no man can take that grace from you. So enjoy life, laugh, love, forgive, and treat everyone you encounter with compassion, dignity, and respect. Now stand by for my closing remarks. I hope you enjoyed this message. What must I do to be saved? If you have any questions or comments about this episode or any past interludes, please send your questions, comments, or prayer requests to talkingbibletruth.cd at gmail.com. And if this podcast has been a blessing to you, send your financial support to one of my five podcast home pages: Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, or Radio Public, and contribute an amount of your choice. Now, until next time, saints, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We walk by faith, not by sight. I am your host, Dr. Kamala D. rightly dividing the word of truth in peace and love. See you next time.